Hi, and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas, and there's always somebody here with me. This time, it's Jill. Hi, Jill. How are you? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Now, uh, we'd normally ask you to call us and text us, but today, it's a recorded show. We thought it's a long weekend. We want to enjoy it. We hope you are as well, but we're going to take it off. So we've got a nice hour full of information for you. Some really great hot topics uh, in terms of what's going on in the garden center and the weather out there, new plants, house plants, lots to talk about. Lots to talk about. Absolutely. I mean, we're having a spring so warm out here and that sun I think is bringing a little spring fever to everybody. They they want to be outside. They want to get digging in the dirt. So Totally, totally. So I think that's, you know, it's kind of interesting. Even, even the new business I work in, we've just noticed this shift. All of a sudden people are planning ahead. They're looking forward to spring. They've got, you know, they're making their plans. All that, that's happening in the garden center too then, right? Mm-hmm. People are coming into Dutch growers and... Yeah. I think they look out their window and they see dirt outside. They don't see snow. They see like little bits and pieces of dirt and they're like, how can I make that dirt green? And so it's starting to spur people on. We calls more than ever of like, when, when are your trees going to be in stock? When are your, when are your perennials going to be out for us to purchase? Do you have hanging baskets for sale? Like, all of those questions are coming and it's February. We don't usually get those questions to usually March or April. So um, unfortunately, it is not March and April. We cannot <laughs> plant a tree now. Right. Um, we cannot buy a perennial and put it outside right now. You you want to make sure that uh, that we're still watching that freeze thaw. And unfortunately, in Saskatchewan, that's not going to happen until May. Exactly. So as warm as it feels right now, as beautiful as the sunshine is, if it's a sunny day and, and we've got longer you know, sun hours now, that's mm-hmm. starting to increase a little bit. But we're nowhere near ready yet. It's it's always kind of that May time that we can plant, right? Not yes. only do, not only do the does the ground have to be not frozen anymore, but those nighttime temperatures have to be what like above freezing, right? You, well, for your hardy per- perennials and trees, the ones that are dormant still, you could plant a dormant tree and it could be below freezing if it's still dormant, if right? It's dormant, and it right. was maybe stored and kept dormant outside, and you can do that right. as long as you can get into the ground. But anything else, you want your temperatures to be about five degrees above above zero. And any of your tender plants, like your coleus, your potato vine, or any tropical plants, even impatiens um, or even Gerber daisies, it's plus 10 bef- at nighttime before you want to keep them outside. Oh, and they can still struggle. We had coleus last year that we brought out and saved over winter and, you know, little little ones. And, oh, man, it took a long time to harden them off so they were happy enough to stay outside. Yeah, you know? exactly. They, they really get, it's funny, at the beginning of the season, they're wimps. At the end of the season, they're tough as nails. They last, even the coleus yeah. at the end of the season. It's like the last thing to go. Yeah, it would it would last and last and last until we finally got a hard frost. But mm-hmm. at the beginning, when it's not used to it, ah, they're just... They're so tender and fragile because they're grown yes. in that greenhouse and they don't like to go from the warm temperatures outside. But once they're outside and acclimatized, they are tough as nails. You are right. Mm -hmm. But although we're not planting right now, we are doing a lot of planning right now. And uh, so uh, a lot of gardeners are coming in, they're planning, they're getting inspiration out there. They're looking at Instagram, they're looking at Pinterest, they're looking at YouTube and getting ideas of what you need to do in your yard. And now is definitely the time to do that. So I hope that this um, these segments that we do today could kind of inspire people. I can talk a little bit about some of my favorite varieties mm-hmm. of perennials and some seeds that you need to start going right now and some new varieties of annuals even. And a lot of these plants are great companion plants to maybe something you already have going in your yard as well too. Right. Uh, one of the spring things that I think of always is uh, like things like tulips, mm-hmm. right? That are going to be coming up. Yeah. And you probably get this a lot in the garden center. People ask, hey, I, it's spring. I want, I want to get some tulips. 
Mm, nope, sorry. Well, if you want tulips today, you can actually buy them potted up that have been forced okay, right now. Yep, so you sure. can come into the greenhouse and enjoy them in your home. But if you're wanting to enjoy them in your yard, they have to be planted in September. Um, so you want to grab those in September, put them in the ground. They have to be forced outdoors in September. So unfortunately, if you're wanting those in your yard, it's too late this year, but put it on your calendar for next September yeah. to grab them so you have them for 2025. Now, they, they can stay in the, in the ground though, right? Like you can put them in and yeah. leave them there. You put them in, you plant them about six inches under the ground and they just stay there. They're hardy here. Right. Never never have to really do anything with them again except for keeping yeah. that soil, you know, uh, nutritious enough. Yeah. For them, throw right? a little bit of bulb fertilizer in them and that's all you have to do really. So what is going on in the greenhouse? You know, for anybody who's listening who, you know, is craving that greenery, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about this sort of spring fever feeling, right? Is go get a dose of it by going into your local greenhouse because there's lots of action going on. Oh, so much. And I was sitting in my office even today and looking at numbers on my computer screen and looking through orders and I was sitting there and I'm like, oh, my eyes are going fuzzy. (laughs) And I was like, I need a break from this. And what did I do? I went and grabbed a pair of pruners and I went out into the greenhouse and I started pinching some of our plugs because they needed to be pinched today. And I was like, you know what? I need a break from my office and just going into the greenhouse and getting that refreshing, like smell of the air and like touching the greenery of the plants and like seeing things grow and you can smell the soil. It really is quite therapeutic. We we had our job fair uh, last week and uh, at our job fair, the amount of people who came in from all different areas, we had um, lawyers come in, we had some nurses come in, we had some teachers come Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. and all different walks. And what people really want to do is they want to get connected to something green and uh, they really want to try something new that's just seasonal and like just get excited. They get excited about growing something and being a part of that. So that's one thing great. Wherever you are, you can usually stop into a greenhouse. So many seasonal jobs are right now if you want to just try it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's true. a short season. Like we're usually done a lot of our stuff in, in June. So you can sort of have fun just for the month of May in a greenhouse if you want to. Totally, really. totally. So, because yeah. right now you guys have a little action going on too. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing? Right now we're planting our perennials. So, so many perennials are getting planted. We're doing lilies. We're doing hostas. We're doing stilbies. Um, we're planting up all of our bare roots, um, bare root perennials. So that's what happens right now. And if you have any perennials that uh, maybe you have down in your cellar, now is the time sort of to bring them up. So we're planting all those right now. I just finished saying that I was pinching the the plugs. So I just finished mm-hmm. doing that today because those plugs are actually the rooted cuttings that we're going to be using to plant into our hanging baskets, so all of our mixed containers. And the reason why I pinch them, and you can do this with a lot of your seedlings, is you pinch sort of the top um, couple leaves out of them. And what they that does is it promotes bushing and branching, which in turn will give you more vigor and more flowers right. too throughout the season. So I do that when they're really small so that they go up in the hanging baskets. I'm not having to go up to every hanging basket and do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Before when they're when they're little babies, so pretty, you can do that as well. Pretty tough to push the uh, ladder around when you have how many thousands of hanging baskets do you guys do? We're going to be doing twelve hundred by hanging baskets this week, and then we'll be doing probably another twelve hundred the week following. Okay, and then and then there's even some that come from other suppliers yes, that Dutch growers carry. Other, so other growers from across Saskatchewan and uh, into Alberta, across the prairies, will be coming in as well too. So yeah. It, it would be a huge job to have to go back and do all those <laughs> pinching with each individual basket. With, with 3,000 hanging baskets yeah. hanging from the roof, no yeah, doubt. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's exciting. Um, and there's bulbs coming up. 
like they're showing up now at the garden yes. center too, right? Yes. Um, this this week coming up, our our lily bulbs are coming in. Our dahlias, the dinner plate dahlias, are absolutely gorgeous. Some of the blooms are the size of a literal dinner plate. Mm, like really? They're huge, and the colors are stunning this year. So if you're a collector of maybe some lilies or dahlias, or even some different types of canna lilies, that's one thing neat to look into the bulb section rather than just going into the garden center and seeing what's planted up. Because sometimes you'll see some more unique varieties that are just bare root or in a bulb form that you can pick up there. Some elephants, elephant ear, which are the big giant mm-hmm. green leaves that you can get. And then garlic. It's time to sort of pick up your garlic bulbs as well too. So That's crazy to think all that stuff is going already. You know, it's I exciting. Know. I know. And, and then it- the next thing you know, we're going to have seed potatoes out. So. <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. Normally we'd ask you to give us a call, but right now we're a recorded show. We'll be back live next weekend to take your calls, but we thought, hey, it's a long weekend. We want to enjoy it and hope you are as well. Uh, a couple things we're going to touch on still is we'll go dive into a varieties of perennials and annuals and different things that you can get a hold of this year. Uh, we're going to talk about house plants eventually as well. Uh, with bulbs, let's just talk about this. It's also time to bring up dormant bulbs like in your house too, right? Yeah. We're starting to get some of those things going. Mm-hmm. So if you've stored anything like a bulb or a geranium or even a canna lily in the basement or even dahlia bulbs, it's time to sort of have a peek at those, get them into some soil, get them into some sunlight and, and get them going for sure. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just a little bit of moisture in, this, yeah. in the soil. And- You're going to plant them up, put them into a pot and you want that bulb depending on what variety is, but just to be under the surface of the soil with a begonia, you want to be sticking just outside the surface of the soil. Keep that soil evenly moist, give it some fertilizer and sun and watch it grow. The one thing that we noticed is there's a, a big warming trend coming up this week again in the weather. Yes. At least, you know, we're talking sort of single minus digits yeah. around the province. Close mm-hmm. to zero is kind of what we're expecting. Yeah. Not, not a, you know, we don't have any uh, exact details, but that's kind of the general But we're going to see a little bit more melting and heavy snow and those types of yeah, things. Yeah, totally. But it gets me, it gets us feeling like spring, which is what we kind of mm-hmm. talked about in our last segment a little bit. And if you want to keep that feeling going, a really great way to do so is Gardenscape on the way, right? Yeah, Gardenscape. It's coming faster than we think. We're doing all the planning and pre-planning right now, um, checking on all the tulip bulbs and daffodils and hyacinths that are going to be filling the smells of the air and when you go into the prairie land. But people come from all over the province to come see Gardenscape. It's the biggest show in Saskatchewan. Um, and you just sort of get inspired. All of the experts are there. So if you want to talk to any of the societies, the Nature Society, the Lily Society, the Perennial Society, the Orchid Society, mm-hmm. they're all there. And uh, it's just a great way to sort of get involved with the community. Compost coaches are there if you want to learn a little bit more about composting. They have some great arborists there that you can talk um, different types of pruning techniques or even you can go to some of these places. Maybe you have um Take some pictures on your phone and bring them to Gardenscape because there's lots of great experts you can talk to. And maybe a job's too big for you. Well, then you can get connected with a, maybe an expert who can help you complete a job too. Yeah, totally. So for anybody who's been listening to our show for years, you've always heard about it, all the stuff you just talked about. But basically, mm-hmm. to sum it all up, it's it's a, a, a garden and outdoor living focused show, right? With a, a trade show portion of this. So vendors with all kinds of things relating to outdoor living gardening yeah. and that sort of thing specific, right? So, but we're not talking into so much, we're not talking so much into like shingling your roof or your the exterior of your home. It's more about that outdoor living stuff or the gardening specific, right? Outdoor living. So whether you're looking for a garden tractor or whether right. you're looking for a landscaper or seed seeding for your lawn or an arborist, or maybe you're just wanting to come for some Saskatoon berry pie. I know they have the berry cafe open too. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's really good and always popular to come in for some pie. And uh, 
and just get inspired. And there is a speaking a theater as well that's okay. happening. So I was ask. that that will be happening, and that is uh, it's part of your admission. So you just come, and they have different things. So you can go to the website Gardenscape. Um, look, just Google Gardenscape Saskatoon and yep. it will pop up and you can go to the the showcase and what we'll be speaking on and I'll be doing some container gardening for beginners classes. Rick will be doing some on pruning. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be some experts from all over the place. It's, there's such a wide variety of experts that are going to be talking at Gardenscape. So lots, lots to learn. And then other thing that sets this show apart uh, from a lot of other shows is when you walk in the door, you get this amazing smell. Yes. And it's not just French fries. We're talking about like the smell of live greens. Just like we talked about going into your local greenhouse, you get it from going to this show because we bring in like how many plants? It's it's just truckloads of plants. It's right? truckloads of plants and a lot of them are forced. Um, so like the tulips and hyacinths and daffodils are all forced. But one thing really cool about this show is they actually team up with different vendors that are in the show, but also the master gardeners around the city too. Mm. And the master gardeners is a program through the U of S and people can sign up and learn how to be a master gardener. Yep. And then they have a certain amount of volunteer hours that are required to complete that program. So the master gardeners help out with this, with creating these beautiful gardens throughout Gardenscape. And so we bring in brick and we fill them with mulch and we actually plant plants into these gardens to make it feel like you're in an outdoor space in yeah. when there's still possibly snow outside. Exactly, yeah. And and it changes all the time, right? You guys, you said just this week, you're, you've are you been working on the design and layout, right? Yeah, it, the design and layout changes every, every year. So there's different themes that we focus on. And uh, this year we're going to be doing, well, Dutch Growers is going to be doing a garden that's going to be um, specifically showcasing some of the new varieties of, sp- of the proven winners. So I've actually worked with some growers to get mm. some samples. We call them trial plants. So uh, samples of some plants that are kind of new and up and coming and we're going to showcase those in some of our gardens this year oh cool mm-hmm. that's great plus there's all kinds of i think of things I, I you know items like this that not only do you get to experience all of what we talked about the information sessions the gardens in there but you know with the vendors too they all have to do with gardening so if you're looking for maybe a special gift for that somebody who's on uh, you know on a list maybe it's a mother's day present you're looking for well, easter is going to be coming right. up right after That's so maybe right. you want to make an easter arrangement grab your easter lilies hydrangeas those types of things those were all, all great things to pick up at Gardens. Yeah, yeah, some really and some really creative solutions to outdoor uh, issues and problems. So you you it's kind of it's kind of like a little bit of a treasure hunt when you go to a show like this because there's things you might expect to see and then you're going to see things you didn't expect to see that are pretty pretty unique, uh, you know, whether it's an object to help you with something in your yard or it's a creative piece of art that makes it an, an absolute beautiful statement in, in the middle of a flower bed, something like that, right? Yeah, exactly. Whether it's interior escaping into your office or bringing something out into your yard or even maybe finding that piece of um, garden furniture mm-hmm. to make it an, a really true outdoor living space. That's usually what you can find there. Another cool thing, it is a family event. So it's like they have a lot of cool things for the kids there too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember one year they did a butterfly garden. The butterfly garden is not going to be there this year, but they have the super dogs there, which is always fun. I know my kids enjoy the super dogs. <laughs> yep. And watching the dogs jump through hoops and dance around and hop on someone's back and agility, yeah, they just do a really good job of getting the crowd involved. And uh, I like, we always love to go watch the super dogs. Absolutely, you're listening to a recorded version of Garden Talk. Hope you're having a great weekend. Uh, let's talk about some new varieties of things. Let's sure. switch gears a little bit here because awesome. I know there's that's always kind of the thing. You know, uh, maybe people do get stuck in a rut at at times. I like to just always try different stuff. Some of the places in my yard are. 
difficult to get plants to grow in. Okay. We've had to try a bunch of different things until we've found something that actually will make it through the year. Like we and put, why do you find they're difficult? Is it because you have too much shade or is it the soil or what do you think it is? It's shade and wind. Okay. <laughs> so like if you want to find a low light, we, we tried like begonias, yes. right? Um, and yes, they grow nice in the shade, but when it gets windy, they don't take well to that. They get beat up easily because yeah. they're kind of a really tender, soft plant. Yep. They're not very sturdy if we're mm -hmm. honest, right? Yep. They're very, they're very, they're very, I don't know, juicy, you know, mm -hmm. they don't have much structure to them. Yeah. So the wind would just trash them, right? Okay. So that doesn't work for me. But my point is though, that they're always coming up with new things. So we keep trying different things and seeing different colors and, and, and there's more stuff coming up, right? So we've yeah. got, we want to talk about perennials, annuals, and, and some seeds too, right? But which, where do you want to go first? Well, you were talking about annuals. Let's, let's start off there because okay. you were talking about your begonias and probably in your, you have some hard areas in your yard where you got some shade and you got some wind. So some varieties that I love to see growing in sort of a shady area, so many different types of coleus. And like you said before, they're a little bit more tender to get going, but once you get going, they're tough as nails. And so that coleus is great. And then pairing that with lots of greenery, maybe it's putting a nice tall grass in the back there, that's going to hold up to the wind really nicely for you. And then the potato vine that comes in so many different colors of bright reds or lime greens. And if you pair that with maybe just a pop of color, that's going to do great for you. The other thing about putting that grass in the back there for you is going to provide some wind shelter for you too. So maybe you want to put a bright begonia in the front, but the the um, grass is going to block it with the shade. Well, to be wind. to be totally honest, you're, uh, you're you're spot on for what happened with us this year. Mm -hmm. This this past summer, we did coleus okay. and a tall a tall grass in the center. Yeah, coleus sort of planted around it. There was maybe four small plants that went, you know, kind of. Uh, in a circle around it. Yeah. And we did have some some vine, maybe it was Creeping Jenny, I think, that went in there. That Beautiful Creeping Jenny. My yeah. favorite one's called Goldilocks. It's this bright, vibrant gold color. You might have had it in your Might have been, might have been, yeah. And uh, it's it's just gorgeous. It sort of just is almost like little um, pebbles of, of gold trailing down the side mm -hmm. of your pot. It's really nice. And it's actually a water plant and a perennial. And also you can use it as an annual too. So if you wanted to take that out of your pot and plant it in the ground in a shady area, it will survive the winter. Oh, that's neat. This stuff all worked for us in the spots we had, in the See? windy spots, in the shade. At, in fact, so well, we had to keep pruning it because it would just grew and grew and grew and kept going, you know? Uh, and uh, honestly, I wanted to take, because what we have is some tall um, planters, one on either side of our garage door, mm -hmm. right? And then I have little ones that go inside. They're sort of the inserts, inserts yes. that go in them because honestly, they're the, the planters themselves are about three and a half feet tall. Well, yep. you'd, if you're going to fill that full of dirt, it would be mountains and mountains of soil. Yeah, and right? if you don't want to fill with dirt, take the excess, that, like your containers that you're actually using with your plants, throw those in the bottom because you that's a great way to maybe reuse, not recycle, but reuse your pots and throw those in the bottom, stick some empty pop bottles or milk jugs in the bottom and then put your insert on top of right. that too. We were talking about some of the some of the new varieties when I was sort of talking about what I was doing in my front yard yes. that had worked. And we have these tall planters on either side of my uh, garage door that stand on our driveway. Mm -hmm. They're kind of vase-shaped black. They're made out of, I don't know, ABS plastic or resin yep. or something like that. 
What I did actually is I got some bricks and stacked up bricks inside of them okay. to number one, weigh them down because I was really worried they were going to blow over because they're a little bit narrower at the base than they are at the top. Shauna Foster always talks about hers blowing over. <laughs> yes. And her husband is always like, why do we have these? Right, exactly. So I actually filled them with bricks yes. and not only does it keep it on the ground, but it, then it provides a base inside for my insert that goes through the top. And the insert is actually just uh, some nursery pots that I picked up that happened to be the right size. Perfect. So I did the coleus and that worked with a, a tall grass in the middle and the sort yeah. of creeping Jenny hanging over the side and it was just exploding. But the problem was I went to pull this thing out at the end of the year and thought, well, I know the plants are toast. They had gotten frost and I'll, I'll be able to just pull them out and save the soil that's in the bottom. It's no. a completely solid root ball. It was. It had eaten. It had eaten the soil. It like had consumed the soil. There yeah. was nothing to save. I actually had to get a knife and cut the roots, like in a in a square, in a in a, a cross <laughs> pattern, just to be able to get it out of the the container to use the container again. Well, and see, that's the thing is a lot of people they think, oh, I can just reuse the soil, but there's so much roots in that. You're better off usually about the t- top. 12 to 14 inches of soil, you just need to remove completely. And whether you need to take a saw and cut that off yeah. and dispose of that and then refill that topsoil um, every year, that's really, really what you might have to do. I don't know what I did wrong, but the roots went right down to the bottom of the pot. Yeah. So like it, all of it had to go. <laughs> so I couldn't, it's okay. Soil is cheap, you know, that's, that's, yeah. that's not expensive. And it's really important to put good soil in your pots too. So yes. you might as well just do that. Some of the new flowers that I'm really excited about this year is um, there's a new double um, caliber koa, which almost like people see a million bells before. It almost Mm. looks like a miniature petunia, except for it covers the whole pot. And there's a new larger double white this year. And it looks like a rose and it's beautiful and it's nice and big. And the amount of flowers that you're going to get on that one pot is just gorgeous. That's called Super Bell's Double White. That one's brand new. And then there's another one um, that's a fiery red with a bright yellow um, edge to it. And it's a double one as well. Again, the blooming power and the doubles before you used to see them in they were okay. You never got very many blooms, but you got some blooms. And these ones here, they've bred them. So they are just covered. It's like a mat of blooms. They're gorgeous, gorgeous. And are plants. they smaller than an older traditional petunia? Like they're smaller flowers. They're a calibrecoa. So the size of the flower would be about the size of a toonie. Okay, so not not huge, big trumpet like a no. old petunia, but they're double flowers. Double flowers. They look cool. like little roses. They're absolutely beautiful. Okay, put one of each of those aside for me because I want those. <laughs> Come see me, Jay. Okay, I will. Another really neat one. A lot of people know the plant called bacopa, mm-hmm. and bacopa is like a little white flower. It has a citrus fl- citrus smell to it, but there's a new plant that has been come out, and it used to be, it was bred, it was more an upright plant, and they've bred it to be a trailing plant, and it grows similar to bacopa where it gets this blanket of flowers, but it's bright pink and purple and it's called Mm. James Britannia. And we're really excited about this one because it does well in the hot heat and in the wind. And a lot of people who have those types of things, if they want that bright pink color kind of draping over as a trailing plant, James Britannia is kind of a new one. Whenever you say that name though, Bacopa, I always think of that song from the 70s, Copa. At the Copacabana. It just comes into my head. It's stupid, but I can't help it. (laughs) Start singing songs here. You know what? That's the best way to remember things sometimes is to make a song about it. (laughs) It's my French teacher always said. Um, Dianthus, we're seeing lots of different, like, 
older flowers, I like to call them cottage flowers. Mm -hmm. um, cottage gardens are coming back. So whether it's a begonia or a geranium and dianthus is another one that we're seeing a lot of this year, almost like mini carnations. And this one is called I Love You. It's super Aww. cute. And it's a bunch of different colors of double pinks. And it's on a short, compact plant. So you could almost put it in the centerpiece of uh, an arrangement as a filler and then put other trailers around it if you want some nice pink colors. So Dianthus, I love you. That's kind of one of my favorites that's going to be coming out this year. Okay, so did we, I, I lost track. Did we go through just perennials? Did we get to annuals yet? We just did annuals, Okay, Jay. see, I, yeah, <laughs> the song was in my head. That's all I could go hear. Back, yeah. back, exactly. Okay, <laughs> how about seeds? Uh, that's, I noticed seed racks out, not, not only the garden center, but a lot of big box stores. Yes. There's seed racks are everywhere. Do we have new stuff that you are, that you can think of? There's New stuff coming in. Um, you know what I'm seeing? It's one of the busiest years with seeds starting. Um, we're seeing increase. Just even stats that have been coming out is there is 25% more new gardeners. So not people who have been gardening for new gardeners who are wanting to either plant something that's flowering in their yard or vegetables that they can well, they mean, can consume. But they're not only wanting to go to the garden center and pick it up, they're wanting to start it in their home from the very beginning. And that's so, cool because you know what? Let's just face it. The cost of groceries is insane. Yeah. We could use a, a, a thousand adjectives to describe the cost <laughs> of go groceries today. I just but, finished doing my budget and the food bill is quite high. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, whether it's you want uh, food that you know how it's grown mm -hmm. and how it's been controlled or just to reduce the cost because a pack of seeds and uh, some water... Yeah, water you're looking is, like you know a dollar to six dollars for a pack of seeds, depending on what types it is. If right. you're looking for perennials or I mean, but vegetables a, a couple bucks for a pack of or a seed is seed pack of carrots. I mean, the, the, the amount of carrot seeds you get in one pack, you could, you could grow lot. dozens and dozens and dozens of carrots yeah, with that one pack, Yeah, and you pack, can right? even store that pack of seeds in a cool, like, um, in a cool, dry place, and it can store for another year to come as well, too, if you don't want to use it all. Yeah, totally. So um, seed starting, we're finding some cool things. We're finding some neat uh, houseplants. People are growing eucalyptus coming in for those. Oh, that's neat. Interesting. Um, right now, getting all different types of grasses. So if they want to do maybe a perennial grass or a ponytail grass, and they're having trouble finding some of these varieties, we're starting to, you want to plant those now, though, like mm. January, February. Mm -hmm. So get those in right now. Um, some different types of perennials. Uh, so again, what I said about the cottage gardening, so getting some delphiniums or some more wildflower looking, some poppies. There's some really neat varieties that you can pick up. Um, have you ever used a loaf of sponge maybe in the shower? Well, you can, did you know that that's a plant you can grow? You could, really? It actually grows similar to a zucchini. It's like, it, and it, then you dry it and then that's what a, that's what a loafa loo is. Into yeah. like those slices. Yes. Really? So if you want to plant your own lofa, you got to pick up the seeds now because <laughs> it's a long season plant. So you need to plant it now. That's pretty neat. Okay. That's pretty cool. Any of your long season heirloom tomatoes and your interesting different varieties that maybe you don't want to get as a bedding plant, um, you want to pick those up now and get started going on some of those longer day ones. And hot peppers, there's ghost peppers, um, the Carol Carolina Reaper peppers, like those really hot, hot peppers. If you want to plant those yourselves, you can get them going. And there's some really neat colors of petunias and geraniums. And so if you want some of those just sort of tried and true plants, you can get those going as well. Okay, so seed. seed starting is happening. Mm -hmm. It's happening. It's a thing. Uh, I guess the one thing we always talk about is uh, know your numbers. That's mm -hmm. one thing we always mention too, though, right? Is yeah. like, yes, it's it's great to start a tray of seeds, but you have to think that almost every pod in that tray 
then has to go into its own pot. You have to bump them up. So right. otherwise your plant's going to be long and lanky. So as soon as the roots hit the edge of the tray, you want to bump it up into the next size. So usually I will put them in a tray, let the roots go to the edge of that and maybe wind around a little bit and then bump them into about either a, a probably a three or four inch pot is what I would usually go How with. How many to. seeds go in a tray? Well, you can, it depends. How many, like how many pods? Like quite a few. Like you could probably get 40 to 70 depending on the tray size So in a tray. So you think about that and you have 40 to 70 in a single tray, which takes up like a couple square foot. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I need to put those into four inch. Now I'm looking at probably about 10 square feet. Yeah, like right? 40 to 74 inch pots and that's hanging around. getting yeah. a shelving unit or something with some grow lights on it might be a good idea too. We had talked about some new varieties of annuals and we touched on seeds. We want to get back to talking about uh, some new perennials that we know are coming out this year. And you, you sort of said to me before we got in the air here, perennials are kind of boring sometimes. <laughs> well, I think a lot of people don't think of them as being like that bright, shiny thing. They think of it, they take a little bit to bloom. You got to do a lot more planning with them, maybe know the different blue times. So um, what I love doing is bringing in varieties to the store that have longer bloom times that we yes. can, uh, that we are going to be guaranteed they're going to be successful. Those rebloomers, those ones that are uh, tried and true to be tough and hardy for drought tolerant areas. Um, they're kind of what I would call like the fill-in plants or the companion plants to the yard. So that's one thing about perennials. Now remember perennials, not like trees and shrubs. Um, they actually die back down right to the ground every year. Mm -hmm. And so you do have to do a little bit of maintenance, but it is not that hard because you actually just cut all the leaves off of them in the fall. Yeah. Um, and then you leave them. If you have areas that maybe you don't get enough snowfall, I would leave those leaves up on my perennials so that the snow catches on those leaves and then cut them back in the spring. What I love about perennials is that you pay for it once and the plant keeps coming back. Yeah. Like it's, it's for the pocketbook, it's pretty smart. Yeah. And there are some really, you know, amazing perennials when you when you actually dive into it right yeah. when you go, when you talk about hostas and you talk about daylilies there's some pretty stuff yeah so some of my favorite ones for like shade or part shade so hostas sort of like a beautiful green leaf and some of them have these bright white stripes on them or like this almost iridescently like blue glow to them and they just look really good in the shade um in your yard so if you have an area maybe it's like deep shade and then you're just wanting to have some smaller pieces that sort of highlight some areas or fill in some spaces around those shrubs. Those ones are great for well, you. And there's like lime green ones, yeah, right? There's lime like green ones. There's I have an area in my yard that's got lime green paired with, uh, what is it, the shrub I'm thinking of. It's like a dark, really dark maroony black color, you know? So oh, it's almost like, like a, a nine bark. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a version of a nine bark. I just can't remember if it's pink or dark, like black panther nine bark or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's like a, a dark, dark reddish maroon against a lime green and it yeah. looks great. So taking some of those like colors and contrasting them with what you already have going or going very monochrome mm -hmm. and maybe playing off some of the purple. So if you have a purple, maybe adding a different tone of purple, like mm -hmm. in, in a heuchera or coral bells, which is a great, another shade plant. Another one that's my favorite, if you have an area in your yard, like maybe buy a downspout that's always wet in your yard or like when I lived in Stonebridge, there was areas in my yard that were really wet and ligularia is really good. And the leaves get massive on them, almost like big elephant ears. Yeah. And they get a beautiful either, there's the rocket and Othello and one of them gets almost a spike that you can use as a cut flower and it's yellow and the other one has almost like a daisy false sunflower look to Oh, neat. Too. Okay. So those are great ones for the shade. The other one of my favorite for the shade is a burginia, which is one of the first ones to bloom in the spring. It gets mm. a nice pink flower. It has a waxy leaf on it. And actually, 
the leaf on it is an evergreen. So it's one of the few perennials that I would actually leave up because it will actually stay green under the snow a little bit. No too. way. Cool. So really cool. Um, some of my favorites for the sun, Asiatic lilies are always my favorite. I love the bright colors of them. I love the fragrance of them and just how they brighten up little corners in the sunny areas of your yard. They can feel kind of tropical too. They definitely can. And there's so many bright colors, whether it's the pinks and purples, or you can get some beautiful bright oranges with the deep burgundy stripes through them. So there's some beautiful things that you can get there. The other one of my favorite is the peony. And I love peonies in the fact that uh, they're a great cut flower. They kind of remind me of this old English garden look. So I love peonies in my yard in the bright sun. And then the, my third one that I would suggest for for a hot sunny area is a sedum. And my one of my favorites is Autumn Joy. Um, it gets nice bright um, pink flowers on it and it will bloom sort of late summer and right into the fall. Mine were blooming right up until the snow oh, came really? on them and they were just gorgeous. So those are some of my favorite perennials and there's so many more varieties, um, uh, new varieties of delphiniums. We've got some dwarf ones that are nice blue color. Cottage cottage gardening is, nice. is becoming really popular. So and some beautiful like there's a newest still be called Unique that's come out and it's a sort of a lilac color and that's a great shade plant if you want sort of a lilac spike on your uh, blooms on there or there's an ajuga, like all these weird names that you'd never think of, but ajuga is like a great shade ground cover that almost has like a, a pinkish purple variegated leaf to it. I guess bottom line with all this, whether we're talking about annuals or perennials is uh, don't be afraid, like try something new. Right. Yeah. I think, I think some gardeners get in the habit of, I'm just putting the same thing back that was there last year. And, 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 you know, I had luck with it and it was good. Yeah, that's, that's good, you know, but, but there's other varieties now of things coming out. So yeah, and be wild little, and adventurous. A little tip that I have with perennials too, is don't just grab one of that item, grab mm. groupings of that item and it will have bigger impact in your yard. Okay. So plant in odd numbers, I would say. Cool. Uh, this is a recorded version of Garden Talk. We'll be live for you next weekend again to take your calls with just uh, the last portion of our show here, we wanted to kind of switch gears into houseplants for a second. Mm -hmm. um, I know that, you know, we're all searching for that greenery right now. Mm -hmm. And I sure appreciate when I've got like my plants in my house, you know, to keep, to keep that, that spring feeling going. And there's lots of stuff in the, in, in the garden centers right now too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the top things we're getting asked for is, can I transplant my houseplants? What's a great highlight, low light house plant that I can get? So snake plants, ZZ plants, uh, Chinese evergreens are some of my favorite low lights. Um, a yucca, a birds of paradise. You can put those in a nice highlight area in your yard, in your in your home, or get a palm. Those ones are great mm, too. Mm -hmm. Now, one thing we are finding is that people need to combat things with, uh, they're dealing with mealybug or spider mite right now. And a lot of times because our homes are quite dry in the wintertime. So making sure you have nice humidity or you're putting pebble trays or even some water around that can evaporate around these plants and group them together because they'll kind of play off of each other that way too. So that helps. Um, and then having a bottle of Endol. Um, Endol is a safer soap product with a pyrethrin in it, mm -hmm. which comes from the chrysanthemum flower. And um, if you have a bottle of that, as soon as you start seeing, I check my plants like every 10 days or once a week for bugs. Look under the underside of your leaves, combat those really soon. Because if you see them, spray them once and then wait 10 days, spray them again. And that usually will help get them if you get them early enough. I know some people probably have uh, house plants now that they've received as gifts yes. over the past little while, right? Orchids and, is one of the big ones. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Mine's blooming. It's starting to. It's got its like springtime bloom coming up. So I'm... Um, I don't know how many flowers I'm going to get yet, but hopefully quite a You'll few. You'll get lots. But a lot of people have questioned like 
after something's finished blooming, what do I do with right. it? Um, so Jay, how do you get your orchid to rebloom for you? Well, okay, it kind of does it on its own, honestly. But, but I think watering is a big thing with an orchid is just knowing that there's sometimes people talk about that trick of using um, an ice cube, right? Yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go with that. So get, if it comes in that moss, get it out of the moss, get it transplanted into a new pot with a liner in it, with holes in the liner, use the orchid bark, mix. Mm-hmm. And then what I do simply is the with with the liner in the main pot that it sits on on my on my coffee table, I kind of every two or three weeks ish is I drown it. I fill it right up to the top. I let it sit for about 20 minutes, pull the the plant in the liner out of the main, you know, decorative pot, let it drain out in the sink. Everything is nice and moist in the bark mulch, but it's not sitting in water. And so I, I it's basically bottom watering it yep, all the time, exactly. but I, I use water that's mixed with uh, the orchid fertilizer yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's good. And another little trick with your orchid roots, when they're silver, it means that they're, they need water. And when they're green, it means that they actually have a lot of water in there and they are hydrated, or maybe you are keeping them a little bit too moist. So that's a little trick. Just looking at that clear pot, you can sort of see through them and they'll kind of tell you a little bit by just looking. In terms of getting it to rebloom though, I think that the fertilizer works and keeping it in a bright and sunny location all the time is is key, but not too close to the window I've noticed, right? So yeah. like the cold temperatures, it doesn't really like. In my house, it lives on a glass coffee table in my living room with a, uh, you know, south facing view so i think the light is just right that it's getting enough but it's not it's nice and warm where it is and the flower spike that is up as soon as you start seeing it kind of die back down that's when you can cut it off don't cut it off when it's green still absolutely okay well that pretty much does it for the show wraps it up pretty quick wow that was that was an hour gone by just like that everybody yeah happy family day enjoy your long weekend uh we'll be back live next week and take your calls i'm jay with jill this has been garden talk on 980 cjme and 650 ckom